Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down, a chapter-by-chapter analysis of the Twilight Saga. Today we'll be looking at Chapter 8, titled Port Angeles. Okay, so where we left off, Jessica and Angela and Bella were on their way to Port Angeles to go for a gal's, a gal's night shopping for the big dance. And straight away, Bella tells us, it had been a while since I'd had a girl's night out and the estrogen rush was invigorating. Ugh. <laughs> estrogen rush? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> what the f- What? Okay. Ugh. It just sounds, I know, I know she just means that she's, having fun doing girl things with the girls, but uh, estrogen rush. And in the car there, Jessica's just jabbering on about Mike and their date that they just had. And Angela says she's not really that interested in Eric and Jess like pressures Angela to tell, to tell them what her type is. But Bella interrupts with the questions about dresses to spare her and Angela throws her a grateful glance. So that makes me think Angela might be a lesbian. Maybe that could be fun. So Bella describes Port Angeles as a beautiful little tourist trap, much more polished and quaint than Forks. So this is a smaller town than Forks, but they're going there in order to be able to shop because there's more options there. Hmm. So it sounds like there's like a pretty boardwalk by the bay. And then there's one big department store, which is just a few streets away. So it's just like a small little town, which, yeah, has more options than Forks, apparently. And Jessica asks Bella, like, what the dancers were like in Phoenix. And Bella's like, oh, I never went to the dancers. And they're like, why not? And she says it's because she never had a boyfriend. And they're like, why didn't you have a boyfriend? And she's like, well, no one ever asked me to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And they're like, huh, people ask you out here, though, and you tell them no. And I'm just as confused as Jessica. Like, why are they asking out this clumsy gal? Like, I know she's the fresh blood. She's the new girl in school. That's got a certain cachet about it, but she's fucking boring as balls and she keeps tripping over shit. Why would you want to take her to a dance? You can't take her safely to gym. She's knocking people out left and right at gym. Why would you want to take her to a dance? Why did she get so many invites to this stupid dance? I don't see the appeal. Sorry. Now I've said it. I've said it. But big news, Tyler's going around telling everyone that he and Bella are going to prom together. And she's like, what? No, I've never said that. Who's telling you that? And they're like, yeah, Tyler's told everyone. That's why Lauren doesn't like you. (gasps) So we got the Lauren update. Everything's falling into place. Now we know why Lauren hates Bella, even though there's a multitude of reasons. And then she makes another joke about running over Tyler with a truck. (laughs) She she falls back on that, that threat of manslaughter quite a bit. Well, I guess it wouldn't be manslaughter. It might be murder. But this thing about Tyler telling everyone that they're going to the dance together has just like really ruined her good mood. And she says she's having trouble fighting the gloom from coming back in. 
And I'm actually quite worried about her. She seems, she seems very depressed. Like very depressed. If I was Charlie, I'd, I'd definitely be hiding that gun belt. I just think we really need to keep an eye out for her. I'm, I'm quite worried. So then she gets Angela alone and she says to Angela, is it normal for the Cullens to be out of school a lot? And Angela says, yes, when the weather is good, they go backpacking all the time. Even the doctor, they're all real outdoorsy. So I was right. Carlisle's just putting off surgeries to go backpacking with his kids. What a scumbag. (laughs) Useless on a sunny day. So they finish their dress shopping. And this is where I just, I I would have loved a map of this town. You know how some books put maps at the start? So like the fantasy books, like Game of Thrones, there's a map so you can figure it all out and really visualize things. So Bella says they planned to go to dinner at a little Italian restaurant on the boardwalk. But because the dress shopping hadn't taken as long as they'd expected, Jess and Angela were going to now take their clothes back to the car and then walk down to the bay. And Bella's like, I'll meet you at the restaurant in an hour because I want to go check out a bookstore. And I'm thinking, why is it taking an hour for them to drop their shopping back in the car? They parked at the department store, which was just a few streets away from the boardwalk. Why did she say, all right, you guys go do that. Have fun for an hour while I'm going to a bookshop by myself. And even the girls, they were like, we'll come to the bookshop with you. And she's like, no, no, I get too self-involved when I'm at a bookstore. So now you're just going to make them sit in the car for an hour. Just let them come to the bookstore with you. Wouldn't that have made more sense than getting lost? Like you don't have mobile phones. So then she says she had no trouble finding the bookstore, but it wasn't what she was looking for. The windows were full of crystals, dream catchers, and books about spiritual healing. I didn't even go inside. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't that be the perfect type of bookstore to go to if you wanted to read up on some vampires? She even says she, she looks through the window and there's this like old looking hippie. Wouldn't that be the exact type of bookstore you'd want? And the department store didn't have a, have a little book stand? Every department store I've been to has at least had the latest fiction, some bestsellers on display. Gosh, she's just too picky. She's so freaking picky. Could you order books online in 2005? Maybe, oh, too many pop-ups, that wouldn't have worked. So she doesn't go into that bookstop and she meanders through the streets which were filling up with end of the workday traffic. So she thinks she's heading toward downtown, but she's not really paying any attention to where she's going. And I'm thinking, God, a map would have been nice. I would have loved a map because what's happening is she's getting lost. But realistically, you've just told me it's a a town that's more quaint than Forks. How's she getting lost? How's she getting lost between the boardwalk and the department store a few streets down? It's quite ridiculous. And she even sees a silver Volvo parked along the street and it makes her think of Edward. And I'm pretty sure the implication is that's actually Edward's car because he's stalking her. So I don't know why she hasn't memorized his license plates and she's memorized his eye color. She's useless. And then she stomps along down in a southerly direction because she sees some glass fronted shops that look promising. But when she gets to them, it's just a repair shop and a vacant space. So again, her eyesight can be so good when it comes to Edward across, across from a cafeteria. But when it comes to looking at a store, blind as a bat, blind as a bat. But then she thinks, well, it's still too early for me to go meet up with Jess and Angela at the restaurant. So I'm just going to keep walking around. So then she's, she's crossing a road, realizes she's going in the wrong direction. So she thinks she's going North, but then she's actually turns East down the next corner. And then she loops around a block and she's just, she's just completely lost trying to find her way back to the boardwalk. And I'm thinking, why does this town not have signs? 
you know, I live, I live in Wollongong, Australia. And when you're walking in the CBD, there's signs saying beach this way, train station, five minute walk that way. Invest in some tourism infrastructure in your town. It's, it's not hard. Just whack a pole up and stick a sign on it and point people to your tourist attraction, which is the boardwalk, presumably. But yeah, she's, she's lost and I'm lost. I would have loved a map. Didn't the Lord of the Rings books used to have like little maps at the start where you could track each of their journeys, like you could track Merry and Pippin off with the Ents, and then you could see where Sam and Frodo were down at Mordor, and then you're like, oh, where's Aragorn? Like, I need a little dot on a map saying where the fuck Bella went in Port Angeles, this tiny little town that she just got lost in, apparently. And then things start getting a bit more intense because she's lost, and then she sees a group of four men turn around the corner she's heading for, and she thinks they're dressed too casually to be heading home from the office but they were too grimy to be tourists. And so they're walking towards her laughing. And so she scoots to the side of the sidewalk to try and let them pass. One of them is a heavy set, dark haired man in his early twenties. And he's wearing a flannel shirt open over a dirty t-shirt with cut off jeans and sandals. <laughs> Who the fuck's wearing that? You're in gloomy Port Angeles in the Washington Peninsula or whatever, really cold place. She's complained how cold it is. Why is this man wearing cut off jeans and sandals? Cut off jeans? Like, is he a never nude? What a look. What a look. Like, I get Stephanie's trying to imply that they're ruffians. But I'm just not buying who's wearing cut off jeans and sandals in Washington state. So then she says hello back and starts walking faster towards the corner. And they all laugh at full volume behind her. And I'm thinking, God, this bitch. Everyone laughs at everything she says. Everyone's laughing with Bella. I mean, I know this is much more sinister, but she just said hello and they're laughing. Duh. So she walks off and she can still hear them chortling behind her because she's hilarious. And she's just walking past all these abandoned warehouses. And again, I'm thinking, what's this quaint town everyone's just describing this as? It's like bloody Detroit. So she's walking past chain link fences and barbed wire and engine parts storage yards. (laughs) And at this point, you must realize you're going in the wrong direction, Bella. Like you must. Then she realizes that two of the men are following her. And I don't know about this line, so I'll just quote it. They were from the same group I'd passed at the corner, though neither was the dark one who'd spoken to me. Yeah, she said dark one. Uh... Uh, I don't really know if I want to comment on that. I don't know why it was necessary to say that, but that's what she said. So she keeps walking with them following her. And from her descriptions, it just really seems like she's in an abandoned shithole town because there's just warehouse, warehouse, warehouse. She's in Warehouse City, apparently. Like all the the roads are abandoned. (laughs) I don't know how she got so, fo- so lost on her own two feet. <laughs> so she was heading for an intersection and she said there would be more people around once I got off this deserted street. I skipped around the corner with a grateful sigh and skidded to a stop. The street was lined on both sides by blank, doorless, windowless walls. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, really, she's in. She's in a slum. That's where she is. And she also sees the other two men in front of her. So. They cornered her. They got the jump on her. 
And so the other two guys are like, oh, there you are. And then the two coming from behind her are like, yeah, we just took a detour. And you're telling me she's in Slum City. So the situation's looking pretty dicey. She's, she's pretty much fucked. And of course, in her head, she's worried that they're not just going to rob her. They're going to do something worse, which terrifying. That's terrifying. I hate Bella, but I, I don't wish this situation on her. Although she could have just got a map if she was prepared in the least, but whatever. Never, never mind. Not her fault. You don't blame the victim. She could have pre-googled a bookstore, but no, we're not going to get into that. So they're just about to pounce on her. And then a car swings around as in the street and stops just in a few feet in front of her and opens the door and it says, get in. So she jumps into the seat and slams the door shut behind her, which I, f- I feel like that's rude. You don't slam doors in other people's cars, no matter the situation. Like I've, I've accidentally shut a door a bit too hard when I've gotten out of an Uber and it's negatively affected my rating. People don't like it. People don't like it when you slam their doors, but she was stressed. We'll have to just allow that to happen. But I just think it's just, it's bad manners. She wasn't raised right. And so it's obviously Edward. She doesn't actually say it's Edward. I guess we're just meant to assume that it's Edward from, from the car being described as Silver and her recognizing the voice. Looking at it again now, I don't know if she actually ever says that it's Edward. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't going to be Tyler. <laughs> How shocked would you have been if she gets rescued by Chess Club Eric? Wouldn't that have been a different story altogether? But no, it's... It's someone who we presume to be Edward. Let's see if she actually ever brings up that it's Edward. Nope, she's saying. He commanded. He took a sharp left. He blew through several stop signs without a pause. She never says Edward. Also, he should probably not blow through stop signs without pausing. That's, that's a crime. You've got to give it the old one, two, three, then go, you know? I just think that's irresponsible. But even though he's driving like a lunatic, she said she felt utterly safe. (laughs) Classic Bella. And she says, I stared at his face in profound relief. I studied his flawless features, waiting for my breath to return to normal. (laughs) So yeah, it's Edward. (laughs) She's not said it, but I mean, you've got to assume that that's Edward. It's not Charlie. But why is she not just coming out and saying that it's Edward? Is she trying to keep us in suspense? Like we... We can assume that it's Edward. I don't know why she's skirting around it. And then he stops and they have a whole conversation. And she just uses the word he. She just says, he said this, he said that. But the gist is, he's murderously angry. And she doesn't really know why. And so he's like, are you all right? And she says, yes. And he says, distract me, please. He ordered. (laughs) And she's like, what? And he exhales sharply and he says, just prattle about something unimportant until I calm down. Also rude. Saying that she's a prattler. Like she does prattle. We all know she prattles, but that's a bit rude of him to point out. So she tells him that she wants to run Tyler over with her car. (laughs) And you can tell that he's still pissed off and angry, but the corner of his mouth twitches again, because everything she says is funny. And she tells him about Tyler saying that he's going to take Bella to the prom. And Edward says that he had heard that. So she thinks, you know what? Maybe I'll paralyze him. (laughs) She's a psycho. Oh, oh. and then Edward sighed and finally opened his eyes. So she's now announced that it's Edward. It's been two pages of using his pronoun, but it's Edward. What a big reveal. So they're still pulled over and she's like asking him what's wrong. 
And I'm like, you're the one that just almost got assaulted. But she said, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, I have a problem with my temper. So I'm just trying to calm down. And she says, cool, makes sense to me. And I'm like, why aren't you asking, how did you find me? Where did you come from? Why haven't I seen you in school when it's sunny? But then she looks at the dashboard and she sees that it's 6.30 and she's like, oh shit, I had dinner plans. So he starts up the engine and heads towards the boardwalk. And I know she's been building Edward up to be super impressive with his features and his cold pale hands and he's good at biology and he's pretty and bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But what I'm most impressed about is that he parallel parks against the curb in a space that Bella thought would be much too small for the Volvo, but he slid in effortlessly in one try. Ha! Now I know he's supernatural. Because that's just bloody impossible to do. A parallel park in one try? I never. I never. I mean, if that was me, I'd have just kept driving. I would have seen that spot and said, I'm not going to fit there. And I would have kept driving until I found an easy spot to park in. I'm not parallel parking for nothing. And I use cameras. And I still can't do it. But Edward, oof. You know what? Now I'm getting the appeal. A man who could confidently parallel park. Now that's, that's something. That's a rare man. Hmm. Who cares if he drinks blood? And so she looks out at the restaurant and Jess and Angela are already leaving. So we went very quickly from her having enough time to wander the streets of Port Angeles because dinner was an hour away to now, presumably, they've waited for Bella for, I I mean, how long would you wait for your friend to show up at a restaurant before you order? Like you'd give them a 20 minute grace period, right? So then it's been the hour, we've had the 20 minutes, then they've ordered and then their food's come and then they've eaten. And then, then again, you'd wait for your friend after, after the bill comes, you'd sort of sit around for a bit, give her a bit more buffer time, have a coffee, have an affogato, have a dessert pizza. And you'd give, you'd give your friend that bit more time to make it to the restaurant. But now they're leaving. So I'm like, how long has it been? How long was she walking the streets of Port Angeles, this quaint little town that is also a warehouse town? But what are Jess and Angela thinking now that they're leaving? Were they just going to... Were they just going to leave? Were they just going to go head to the car and head back home to Forks? Surely they would have at some point gone to the police station. Right? They couldn't have just assumed that she'd just gone home. Because how would she have gotten home? I, they're not good friends. They're not good friends. I mean, neither's Bella. Bella should never have left them to go to the shitty bookstore, but... Oh, so they're leaving the restaurant. That's... I've got to stop getting caught up in the detail. And then Bella actually does start to ask. She says, how did you know where? And then she just shakes her head and says, oh, well. And he gets out of the car and she says, what are you doing? And he smiles and he's like, taking you to dinner. Oh, and then he steps out of the car and slams the door. So he's fine with door slamming. I shouldn't have cared about that earlier. He's fine with it. So I can be fine with it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So he says to her, go stop Jessica and Angela before I have to track them down too. I don't think I could restrain myself if I ran into your other friends again. And she shivers at the threat in his voice. So let me try and demonstrate that. I don't think I could restrain myself. (laughs) I can't. So she calls down Jessica and Angela and they're like, where the fuck have you been? And she's like, oh, I got lost. And then I ran into Edward and they're, they're pretty suspicious. They're like, oh, that's convenient. That's very suspicious, but they let it slide for now. And Edward says in a silken, irresistible voice, would it be all right if I joined you? (laughs) I don't know why I sound like Blanche from the Golden Girls. Okay. Would it be all right if I joined you? Ah, fuck it. I don't know. Um, Silken and irresistible. That's not me. (laughs) That's not me. But his silken, irresistible voice works on them. And Jessica's like, oh, sure. And then Angela's like, well, no, actually, we've already eaten. So didn't work on Angela. (laughs) I think she's a lesbian. I invite you to reread this and really take take a focus on Angela. You'll think she's a lesbian too. She's a lesbian. She gives lesbian vibes. And Bella's like, that's fine. I'm not hungry. She's never hungry. She's always just having a lemonade for lunch or a Diet Coke for lunch. Does she have an eating disorder? That could be, that could be part of her depression. But Edward's like, nah, you need to eat something. So he says to the girls, how about I drive Bella home? That way you guys won't have to wait around while she eats. They're just like, oh, all right, bye. (laughs) Then that's it. So Angela's like, see you tomorrow, Bella. Bye, Edward. (laughs) They just must be so sick of her. Like, I know in girls' circles, it's, it's a no-no to abandon your girls on a girls' trip to then hang out with your boyfriend. That's a no-no. I've watched enough Real Housewives to know that that's a no-no. They always get angry when they go on a cast trip and one of the housewives brings along a husband. It never ends up well. And that's what this is. That's, this is the high school version of that. And then Edward just like continues to be his controlling self because she's like, honestly, I'm not hungry. And he's like, humor me, eat a meal. And so she walks into the restaurant with a resigned sigh. (laughs) She was about to get raped. And this is the worst thing that's happened to her, that she's being forced to eat a meal. (laughs) She's got an eating disorder, guys. And I'm not making light of that. Eating disorders are tough. But she's got one. She's got one. So they go into the restaurant and the hostess is just like super turned on by Edward and Bella notices. She's like, oh, look, yep. This, this bitch wants my boyfriend, who's not my boyfriend. And he says, a table for two. His voice was alluring. So, a table for two. <laughs> a table for two. So she takes him to a table, like in the middle of the crowded area. And Edward's like, no, that's not going to do. So we ask for something more private. And he smoothly hands her a tip. Like when, you know, you shake someone's hand and you give them a little tip. He did that. And she's impressed by that as well. So. Parallel parking and a good smooth tipper. Poof. That's a high class man. Oof. What a dream hunk. So she takes him to a booth 
and he says perfect and flashes his gleaming smile at her and she's dazed by that. And then she walks off unsteadily. So he's really got this strong effect on this waitress. (laughs) And Bella's like, you shouldn't do that to people. It's not really fair. And he's like, do what? And she says, dazzle them like that. She's probably hyperventilating in the kitchen. And he seems really confused being like, who me? I dazzle people. (laughs) She's like, yeah, bitch, you dazzle people. But he's like, oh, well, do I dazzle you? And she's like, frequently. (laughs) So Bella has no chill. Bella has no chill anymore. She's like, look, you know what? I'm going to come right out and say it. You dazzle me. You dazzle me. I've never been told that I dazzle anyone. And that's something I have to just sit with for a minute and just process. Ah, but anyway, so another waitress comes out and Bella can tell that this one got briefed in the kitchen about how there's a hot guy in the booth. And so she walks over and she's like, my name's Amber and I'll be your server tonight. What can I get you to drink? And she's only speaking to Edward. (laughs) So she's just ignoring Bella, giving Bella nooch. So they order a couple of Cokes, full strength, non-diet Cokes. And then Edward starts quizzing Bella. And he's like, how are you feeling? Are you dizzy? Are you sick? Are you cold? And she's like, why would I be? And he's like, well, I'm actually waiting for you to go into shock, hun. And she says, I don't think that will happen. I've always been very good at repressing unpleasant things. And I'm just thinking, bitch, three chapters ago, you fainted at blood typing class. You skipped lunch. Then you went to biology. You saw a bit of blood and you fainted. So uh, I'm going to side with Edward. It's controlling that he always wants her to eat, but he has a point. He has a point. And he's like, you know what? I'm sure you're right, but I'd feel better if you had some sugar and food in you. And so the waitress approaches with the drinks and a basket of bread, and she stands with her back to Bella as she places them on the table. Bella's clocking these microaggressions. She is just so threatened by this waitress, and the waitress is threatened by Bella. It's it's hilarious. So she orders the mushroom ravioli and Edward orders nothing. And Bella narrates, of course not. Because she's already figured out that he doesn't eat. She's she's a bit more cluey than we gave her credit for. So he orders her to drink, again, controlling. So she sips at her soda obediently. Again, why does she have to be obedient to this guy that she just met? But she's like, oh, wow, I realize I am really thirsty. So she finishes the whole thing and then she drinks all of Edward's drink. So she just had two full strength Cokes, one after the other, bang, bang. That's a lot. That's a lot of Coke. That's a lot of sugar. That's a lot of aspartame or whatever they put in Coke that's not good for you, that we all know it's not good for you, but we drink it anyway. That's a lot of that. And then she gets cold from the ice in the drink. And he's like, don't you have a jacket? And his voice was disapproving. So it's like, don't you have a jacket? (laughs) She's like, yeah, I do. And then she's like, oh, wait, left it in Jessica's car. Whoopsie. So Edward takes off his jacket and puts it on her. And she suddenly realizes that she'd never once noticed what he was wearing. Not just tonight, but ever. I just couldn't seem to look away from his face. But she's looking now and underneath his leather jacket, he's wearing an ivory turtleneck sweater. It fit him snugly, emphasizing how muscular his chest was. And I'm just thinking, bitch, Again, a couple of chapters ago, you were describing how the Cullens were wearing clothes with designer origins. You have noticed what they're wearing. Don't lie to me. I'm sick of being lied to by you, Bella. So the jacket's really cold, but it smells amazing. So she's just like smelling his scent. (laughs) 
And it, she says it doesn't smell like cologne, but she just has a good big huff of his jacket, which is very creepy again as well. I mean, they're just out creeping each other at this point. Maybe they are made for each other because they're both fucked up. So he pushes her the bread basket and he's like, please eat. And she's like, nah, I'm fine. And he's like, why are you fine? You should be going into shock. And he's like, you don't even look shaken. <laughs> again, bit of blood, out like a light. Four men trying to rape her on the streets. She's fine. <laughs> God, I hate her. So Edward's annoyed. And she says, usually you're in a better mood when your eyes are so light. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, when your eyes are black, it means you're crabby. <laughs> she's like, I have a theory about that. And he's like, okay. And he's like, well, what's the theory? But then the waitress comes back again with the food. And the waitress says to Edward, did you change your mind? Isn't there anything I can get you? And Bella says, I may have been imagining the double meaning in her words. Let's just reread that. Isn't there anything I can get you? Double meaning. What's the meaning there? It's pretty straightforward that she's talking about getting him a meal. What? Was she going to get him a blowjob? (laughs) Ah, Bella. Always reading into shit. But he orders two more glasses of Coke. I think this is too much Coke. They're going overboard. Bella's going to get a sugar high. She's going to crash in the car home. That's what's going to happen. She's going to need to pee. Nowhere in this whole day has she peed. Last time she peed would have been at her home in Forks before she went in Jessica's car. Now she's had this whole shopping trip, a disappointing bookstore, a walk down who knows how many streets, almost getting raped by four guys, then getting saved by Edward, going to the restaurant, guzzling some Cokes. No pee stop. She's going to need to pee on the trip home. She's going to need to pee. And the waitress just comes back with the fresh Cokes so quickly. There's five lines of dialogue after the waitress walks away and then boom, she's back with more Cokes. And it's not long lines. He says, you were saying, and she's like, oh, I'll tell you about it in the car. But, and he's like, oh, there are conditions. And she says, I do have a few questions, of course. And he says, of course. And then the waitress is back, back with the Cokes. How'd she fill them up so quickly? Maybe she's a vampire. Maybe she's got super speed too but I'm not buying it, Stephanie. I'm not buying that in that short amount of time, she came back with the Cokes. Think it through. Give us a dramatic pause before you bend the rules of space and time like that, Stephanie. But the waitress is finally leaving them alone. So Bella says, why were you in Port Angeles? And he's like, oh, I'm not going to answer that. So he says, next. And she's like, but that's the easiest question I have. And he says, next. (laughs) God, then we get a full description of her eating the ravioli. You could have just imagined her eating the ravioli. You could have had her say a line of dialogue and then she said while nibbling on a ravioli, but no, we get, I unrolled my silverware, picked up my fork and carefully speared a ravioli. I put it in my mouth slowly, still looking down, chewing while I thought. The mushrooms were good. I swallowed and took another sip of Coke before I looked up. Oh my fucking God. She, I picked up my fork. (laughs) Ah! If you cut out half of the unnecessary description in this book, it'd still be 50 pages too long. But we are spared her describing how the food is digested. And she, she says, hypothetically, if someone could hear someone's thoughts, how would that play out? What are the limitations on that? How would someone find someone else 
by tracking their thoughts. And he's like, hypothetically, right? And she's like, sure, let's call him Joe. (laughs) And Edward smiles and he's like, all right, well, if Joe had been paying attention, the timing wouldn't have needed to be so exact. And he rolls his eyes and he says, only you could get into trouble in a town this small. You have devastated their crime rate statistics for a decade, you know. (laughs) Is the town that small? She was walking the streets. They had a million warehouses and car yards, apparently, in, in the city. So I don't think it is a small town. I think it's a sprawling metropolis. And Bella just sasses him back and she's like, what happened to it being hypothetical? But Edward admits, he says, I followed you to Port Angeles. I've never tried to keep a specific person alive before, and it's much more troublesome than I would have believed. But that's probably just because it's you. Ordinary people seem to make it through the day without so many catastrophes. And I'm just like, you know what, Edward? It's only been two catastrophes. She got almost hit by Tyler's van, and she almost got raped in Port Angeles. That's two. Don't they always say you've got to have more than two for it to be a full pattern? I don't know if we can be calling the catastrophes. Maybe he's referring to when she falls over in gym or when she fainted in biology. But that's a bit of an exaggeration to call that a catastrophe. Yeah, her life's a fucking mess, but it's a bit unfair to say it's a catastrophe. And Bella's like, well, did you ever think that maybe my number was up the first time with the van and that you've been interfering with fate? And he's like, oh, that's not the first time you almost killed. (laughs) He's like, your number was up the first time I met you. And she's like, um, and he's like, yeah, don't you remember? (laughs) So he's pretty much saying, I was going to kill you when I first met you. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. And she just, she just brushes that off. Just brushes that off. But I do like how open and honest Edward's being. He's like, yes, I can read minds. Yes, I almost killed you. (laughs) Yes, I followed you to a different town because I'm a giant stalker. Thank God. Thank God we're getting there. But he says it's been really hard to keep track of her. Usually he can find someone very easily once he's heard their mind before. But what he was doing is he was keeping tabs on Jessica. But not very carefully because, you know, who finds trouble in Port Angeles? And then Edward realised that he lost track of her when she, she left Jessica and headed for the bookstore. And then he realised that she didn't go into the bookstore and that she'd gone south. Ah, so she'd actually gone south. That's... That's great clarification. Thanks, Edward. So he just randomly searched the streets, reading people's minds to see if they had seen Bella. Again, Bella is taking this very well. She's just nodding along, eating ravioli. She's like, yep, he can read minds, of course. And then Edward says how he heard the minds of the four guys and he heard what they were thinking and he gets very intense. And he says it was really hard for me to simply take you away and leave them alive. And he's like, I could have let you go with Jessica and Angela, but I was afraid if you left me alone, I would go looking for them. And again, Bella's like, cool. (laughs) You read minds and you're about to kill those guys. Yep, okay, this ravioli's delicious. And at one point she even just like says how she felt pleasure hearing that Edward was stalking her effectively. She's messed up. She's depressed. She has an eating disorder. She has low self-esteem. She needs help from a professional. So then they leave the restaurant. He asks for the bill and the waitress shoots a shot by smiling at him and trying to slip him a number or something in, in the bill, but he doesn't look at it. And Bella suppresses a smile. She's flattered. 
that he's picked her. Again, this is where her priorities are at. What a fucktard. And so they leave the restaurant and, and again, she didn't stop and pee. She's got an hour long car ride home. She's just smashed 3.5 Cokes. And you know at those Italian restaurants, the Cokes are the big Cokes. It's not just like a bottle of Coke. It's, it's one poured out of a machine in one of those big cups filled with ice. Her bladder must be bursting. So he opens the passenger door for her and she steps in and then he shuts it softly behind her. So we're shutting doors softly now. That means we've all, we've all calmed down. That's how you can track the progression of his emotions. And she watches him walk around the front of the car, amazed yet again by how graceful he was. And she's like, I should have been used to that, but I wasn't. And I'm thinking, how graceful can you be walking around the front of a car? Just not falling over would impress Bella because she's so fucking clumsy. And like, even while he's saying, yeah, I almost murdered those guys. She's just staring at his face. She, <laughs> she's an idiot. And then, oh my God, what do I always say that Stephanie Meyer loves to describe? She loves when someone gets into a car for them to turn on the heater. No one ever just gets into a car and then drives. They've always got to turn the heater on and she's always got to tell us what the heater sitch is. And Bella says, oh, it had gotten very cold, but she was warm in his jacket and she kept breathing in the scent when she thought that he couldn't see her. Anyway, so he turns the car on, they pull out and he says, now it's your turn. And I'm thinking, mate, what do you mean it's her turn to answer questions? You just admitted you can read people's minds, that you stalked her to a different town, that you wanted to kill her when you first met her and that you wanted to kill those guys when you read their minds. And now you're expecting her to be in the hot seat. (laughs) No, 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 no. She's going to have some follow-up questions. You deserve to be in the hot seat for a little bit longer. I think you can cope with that. But that's the end of the chapter. Now, he said significantly, it's your turn. (laughs) Now, it's your turn. (laughs) And the next chapter is titled Theory. (sighs) So while we got a lot of progress in the Edward's supernatural capabilities, we're still stringing out this whole vampire theory bullshit. The truth's got to come out. It's got to come out. But we know Stephanie Meyer likes to hold things back. She didn't even want to reveal that it was Edward in the car that saved her for the three pages. So it could be chapters. It could be chapters and chapters and chapters until we hear the V word again. If only she'd gone into that bookshop. I just know if she'd gone into that bookshop, we would have been way further ahead. But anyway, that's the chapter. Let me know what you think. Thank you to those that have left ratings and reviews. Isabel Foy recently said, Absolute gold. This is the funniest thing I've heard in years. Love it. Thank you, Isabel. That's so nice. If you had any thoughts about the trip to Port Angeles, you can email me at breakingdownpod at gmail.com or send me a tweet to podbreakingdown. See you next week. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.